We are on the biblical standards for appointing elders, and this is the second part to it. I read verse 5 purposely because we have seen that Titus himself was given the responsibility of appointing elders in every city in Crete. <clears throat> that was the responsibility given by Paul as he left him there. And in moving ahead to the qualifications of elders, there are several things that we wanted to point out that were basics and we did not want to take anything for granted. And we covered a couple of things that God, first of all, does have guidelines and he does have standards for leadership. And going back actually a couple of messages ago, I gave challenges regarding the way the world selects its leaders today or the way that we look for churches when we are looking for churches and we look to the leadership. It is God that has set standards. It is God that has given guidelines and they need to be followed. We also saw that God in selecting leadership, it has been his determination that it is male leadership, that it is men. This does not mean, as we have seen, that women are not more spiritual. It doesn't mean that men are smarter, more superior in any way, shape, or form. We are dealing with roles. We are dealing with God's design roles. And it is simply that God has designed that the role of leadership, even in the local church, is to be male leadership. And I want to review one other thing just very quickly because it is important even to our text today. And that, as we saw another basic, is that it is plurality of leadership. God did not have it. Now, this does not mean, so we understand it right away, and I will repeat myself, this does not mean that God would not raise up among the leaders men to be leaders among them or to have a person or two people or whatever it is in the forefront of the leaders. But by God's design, leadership within the local sh church is to be a plurality of leadership. It has never been intended by God to be a dictatorship or a one-man show, so to speak, at all. Now, we have those down for basics, and we come to the last basic area um, that we, I want to deal with before we get to the actual specific qualifications. And that is part two today, and it is really the first two points that I have in your outline, and it is what is an elder and what are the elders to do? We need to understand that and not just assume everybody understands an elder. I also want to say something this morning that I will repeat as we get to the qualifications, but I think it's important for us to have in our mind. It is a tendency still, even today, while there's been a lot of progress over the centuries that have been made, to make a fine distinction between uh, leadership and laity, priest and laity, pastor, the congregation, and things of that nature. And I want you to understand very clearly, even as we deal with these qualifications when we get there, that these qualifications really are qualifications for all believers. It is what should be found 
<coughs> excuse me, in all believers' lives. But certainly, it should be found in a leadership. Oftentimes, we separate ourselves and think, well, that's the qualification for elders, but I don't need to worry about these things in my life. And the truth of the matter is, all believers are part of the body of Christ. All believers are to be holy. All believers are to be living for Christ. And all believers are to reflect these things in their life. And the only difference really with the leadership is they have the responsibility or the role of that within the body. So whatever the gifts that we have and however we're functioning in the body, we are all one. There is no superiority in any sense of the word at all. There are simply gifts that are given whereby, and it's even delineated in 1 Corinthians, when he says first and second, he's only doing that because these are gifts that you want to make sure are functioning within the body so the body functions properly. If you don't have the right leadership, it will not function properly. So keep that in mind when we get there and we deal with the qualifications, and I will repeat that again. But what is an elder? He's, he's told to appoint elders. When I first started going through this and mentioned it to you, the term itself, I want to walk through that with you, it does imply by the word itself, age. It, it implies older. It implies maturity. There is no getting around that, that that is implied in the very use of the word <clears throat> that we have for elder. And to give you a little background, in earlier times, as you go back, uh, the elders were older men. That's who they were. They were the ones who, to understand it, I'm talking going back into ancient times now. They were older men who knew the traditions, particularly of tribes or of families. And they knew what the traditions were. And because they were older, <coughs> they not only knew them, but they were responsible to make sure that those traditions were carried out. It's important to understand that they were the respected men. They were the men that were to be honored. And you will still find that when you visit some foreign countries today. Those who are considered elders are considered older, even in tribes, such as in Africa and so forth. You will find that there was honor and respect to them because of their age and because they knew what the tribes understood and believed. They were considered basically the tribal guardians, the tribal leaders to make sure that things were kept the way they were supposed to be. As you move into the scriptures into the Old Testament, they were associated with the leaders of Israel. They were the leaders of the tribes of Israel. They were the men that were selected to represent the tribes. And they were the ones, for example, if we took the time, that Moses would gather together and he would meet with the leaders or the elders of the tribes, the older men, the men who were responsible for their particular tribes, even biblically. As time progressed, they became known as the leaders within the synagogue, the older men that served in the synagogue as the leaders and the teachers and instructors in the synagogue. As we move to our New Testament, we find the term used 
commonly in relationship also to the chief priests and scribes and the elders. They were the leaders. They were the men <coughs> who were looked up to. <clears throat> they were the men that were to be honored, and they were the leaders that were represented that way. And as we come to the New Testament church, which comes right down to the 21st century, we find that the, the elders are the ones that were to be appointed the leaders, mature men, men of age of, to some extent, that were to be leaders in the local church. They were the ones to be appointed to give guidance. It didn't mean that they were any better than anybody else. It didn't mean that there's this big separation because they were just gifted men and that was their responsibility. In our day and age, we find all kinds of men fulfilling that category. For example, we hear of priests, we hear of bishops, we hear of cardinals. In fact, that's what's going on in Rome now. Or we hear of a pope. We sometimes hear of elders. We sometimes hear of deacons. We sometimes hear of trustees. Or we hear of pastors. And there's all different types of terminology that has been given to these positions in our modern day. But what should it really be? And what do the scriptures really speak at? And I will talk about uh, polity in, in just a few moments. But let's understand what the word of God says first. Now, I don't want to get into a deep or long lesson. And by, by the way, in case you didn't know it, it tells, tells me that it's only 1030. So that gives me a lot of flexibility. <laughs> How come everybody's going to change the clock right now? It's just, uh, no, 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 I won't do that. But uh, I just looked up. They haven't changed the clock. But I do want you to understand it because some of you, I, I know, are well aware of some of the background. But in the original language or the Greek language, you would find such terms as presbyters or episkopos. Not that that means much to you. And also the one that becomes a problem or tricky, and that's poimen which is the common term that's used for pastor. In our English language, we see words such as elder, or we see such words as overseer, or we see such words, which is in very common, it's in the, new, it's in the King James translation, the word bishop, or we see the word pastor. I want you to understand, and that's why you had your responsive reading. Would you turn with me? We'll come back to, well, let's look at Titus first. Uh, since that's where we are. But, and then we'll go back to Acts 20. I want you to understand something that's very important. Now listen. These terms that are used in the Greek language, all that are used in the English language, Now I'm not talking about deacon. I'm talking about elder. I'm talking about pastor. I am talking about bishop. They are used interchangeably. You must understand that biblically. They are used interchangeably. In Titus, for example, chapter 1, verse 5, it says, appoint elders in every church. That is one of the terms. If you look at verse 7, it says, 
for the overseer. That is another one of the terms. It's talking about the same position. Turn with me to Acts chapter 20, your responsive reading this morning. If you don't understand what the scriptures say, it lends itself to the types of confusion that we have today. In Acts chapter 20, in verse 17, it says, from Miletus he sent to Ephesus, and he called to him the elders of the church. Now, as he continues to talk to the elders of the church, he says in verse 28, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit had made you overseers, another term, to shepherd, another term. That is the same term that is used in Ephesians chapter 4 when it's talking about pastor teachers. When you turn with me uh, to the book of 1 Peter, if you would, 1 Peter chapter 5, you will see it again. <coughs> it says in verse 1, Therefore I exhort you, this is Paul, I exhort what? The elders among you, as you all watch this, fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Now watch, verse 2. Shepherd. The shepherds, the elders, were the same people. Shepherd the flock of God. I don't know of anybody who in talking of the leadership, would not refer to this passage as far as the responsibilities of a pastor or an elder. They all do. Why? The terms are interchangeable. The shepherd, the flock of God among you, exercising the oversight. Now watch this. Go down to verse 4. And when the chief, it even refers to Christ, the chief shepherd, the chief pastor, the chief elder, that is Christ, appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. I think I've given you enough verses to, so you can see the point that I'm trying to make. And go back to Acts chapter 20 for a minute. But I want you to see that these terms, we need to understand it, are used interchangeably. Now in reality, the polity of churches are quite different today as we look at it. There are churches in which their deacons are seen as the leaders, or there is a pastor in deacons, or there is a pastor in elders, or there is some other form, an executive council. We had that here at Fellowship Bible Church at one time. Now, before you start shooting darts at anybody and so forth, it is true that there are churches that 
use the name deacon and they function more as elders than people who use the term elders. There is no question about that. However, what I want you to see that by God's design and by what Titus was instructed to do, by what Paul did, as we have seen it, was he appointed elders. Why? Because they are the leaders. This is not implying that there would not be, as I said, because you see it in every realm, even in the apostles, leaders among the leaders. Peter, obviously, was on the same level as Judas, as uh, Paul, not Paul, Paul was in a separate category, as, as the other apostles that you find, John, and they were, they were on the same level. And yet, Peter had a leadership position among that. It's clearly seen. Even among the elders of Israel, there were leaders among them. Even among those that Paul trained and assigned, you have the Tituses, you have the Timothys, who are leaders among the elders. There's no problem with that whatsoever. But the concept that I want you to get is Peter, while he was among them, and while there were that, basically the leaders of the local assembly, by God's design, are to be the elders, not one elder. And to bring it home to Fellowship Bible Church, we have gotten into the habit down the years because of just the titles and so forth to deal with the concept of pastor or deal with the concept, well, who is Pastor Dan? Really, all of your elders are pastors by biblical design. And then there are leaders. There are those who teach and those who labor in the word and a number of things there. I need to be careful with that at this stage. But the point is, again, they have responsible positions. But when it comes to an elders meeting, so you understand it here in this church, I am just one vote among the other men. Why? For your protection. For God's design. That's how it's intended to be. And it doesn't mean that there cannot be leaders among them again. So by God's design, they were people to be in these positions, and Titus was to set them apart as leaders, and they were to have qualifications. Why would he be concerned about the leadership? Why should they be concerned about the leadership? I wanted you to go back to Acts chapter 20 to see this. I want you to notice again in verse 28 that those elders were responsible to shepherd the flock. However, notice this in verse 28. Shepherd the flock among which the Holy Spirit had made you overseers to shepherd. The elders were to pastor. What? Watch. It says this, the church of God. No local church belongs to any man. I don't care if he found it or he didn't found it. I don't, you know, I was just out at a pastor's conference, as you know, and many of the men still talk that way. And it's just, I'm not saying we can't talk that way, but they talk as, you know, your church, your church. It's not our church. It's the church of Jesus Christ. He is the head. He is building the church. No man is the head of any church. Elders are only given the responsibility to shepherd it. Pastors are to shepherd the flock. What flock? The flock of God. Why? Look at verse 28. Which he purchased 
with his own blood. If any church was founded by any man or group of men, it was only by the sovereignty of God that they'd get established because it's his church. And he's the one that purchased it, and that was, that's what communion was all about. You belong to the church of Jesus Christ if you're saved. He is building his church. But he's also designed that local assemblies, that what is the purpose of a local assembly? Where you can come and minister those gifts and care for one another and shine as a light in the community, in this particular case, in Methuen and the Merrimack Valley, to be a shining light of the church of Jesus Christ. He purchased it. And if you're here today and haven't trusted in Christ, you are not, you could be a member of Fellowship Bible Church and not be a member of Christ's church. That membership was purchased by Jesus Christ and is found only when you, by faith, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ who purchased you and shed his blood on your behalf to give you forgiveness of sins and the gift of eternal life. When you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, trust in him, you are part of the body of Christ. So we have Fellowship Bible Church, yes. It's a local representation of the true body of the Lord Jesus Christ, of which you are a part. And since Jesus Christ is now seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for the saints, he's gone back to heaven, we are to function on earth. How are we to function so there's no chaos? Well, there's local churches that are established. And in those local churches, it is important that we continue with God's structure. We continue with God's guidelines. That is why, listen carefully, that if you have a local church with no leadership, that is not God's design. It may be man-made design, but it's not God's design. And if you have a local church that's functioning, it should be functioning with leadership that are elders. That are elders that meet certain qualifications that we will get to. Why are there going to be these qualifications? What's to be involved? That leads us to the next point. And, and what are the responsibilities of the elders? Obviously, from this passage in verse 28, it is to shepherd the flock. It is to care for the flock. It is to watch over the flock because it's not their flock. This is not my flock. It is not the elder's flock. It is God's flock. But yet the responsibility to leadership is very severe and very important. And there's going to have to be an account to shepherding the flock. In verse 31 of the same passage in, in Acts, look at it. In Acts chapter 20, verse 31, Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for the period of three years I did not cease to admonish each one of you with tears. That's coming from Paul to the elders. Elders need to be on the alert. They need to feed the flock. They need to care for the flock. And they need to realize that it's God's flock. We just saw that in 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse Five would say the same thing. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 5 for a moment. 1 Timothy chapter 5. This is why you need qualifications. 
First Timothy chapter 5. What are the elders responsible to be doing? The elders of Fellowship Bible Church have a responsibility to care for the flock. We have a responsibility to feed the flock of God. We have a responsibility to be on the alert, whether we're liked for that or not. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, notice verse 17. The elders who rule well ought to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. They are to labor. You notice also, by the way, when it says rule well, they are to lead. They are to be the leaders. And it isn't ruling as a dictator. We'll see that in a moment. But it is to rule. Those are the ones that God has given to lead. And they are to labor in the word of God. And I want to say this right out loud to you. You, as a congregation, should be jealous for my study time. Or the rest of the elders. Why? In order to be able to feed the flock, I've got to labor in the word. We just came from a conference. I happened to be uh, at the conference, and there were all pastors there, and the other men, obviously, that came. And there was a man at, uh, that came, and he was with his pastor, and uh, here's what he said to me. We had had time to have dinner with this person and spend some time with him. He's an older man, uh, actually retired. And he said to me privately when we were talking, he said, I wish I could take the whole congregation that they could hear what we had just heard at this conference so they could appreciate the time that they need to give and all the work that goes in to just studying the word of God. Folks, it's work. At least if you do it right, I can tell you that. It's work to study. My job isn't to give you some new message. My job and responsibility is to give you what God said and intended to say his way, not my way, so that you might know what his word is. And that takes work. It is to labor in the word. It also needs to be an example. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 3, it says there, I want to go back to verse 2, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising the oversight, it's there. Not on a compulsion, not like I have to, but voluntarily according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain. I don't know of any pastors that are worth their salt that are becoming rich. There are some maybe teller evangelists. I'm not even sure whether some of them are saved. That might be millionaires. But with eagerness, nor yet as lording it over those who are allotted to your, or allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. It's a tremendous responsibility. They're not to lord over. That doesn't mean that a pastor will not be on the is not to be on the alert. He is doesn't mean that he won't have to exert himself to make sure that the wolves are taken care of. He will or should if he's worth the salt. Not to be a dictator. And he's to be an example to the flock. That's a tremendous responsibility. And uh, not in perfection again. That is sometimes with a congregation. We'll talk about that. Expect sometimes that those qualifications, even when we get to them, 
that it's perfection. It's not sinless perfection. But they are to be exemplary and they're to be an example. I was talking again with some people. It is amazing. We get to the qualifications. How sometimes you'll have people who labor in the word and are diligent and they're trying before the Lord and they don't have uh, these charges against them that could be brought up and whatever. And congregations will bicker and fight over the smallest things and rip the pastor apart over the smallest things. Then you get another congregation where the pastor goes out and commits immorality and they put him right back into the pulpit. Total confusion in the world that we're living in. Total basis. He is to be faithful to the word of God. That's what Titus is. Notice this. Go back to Titus just to prepare ourselves. So who is this elder? What is his responsibilities? He's responsible to feed the flock of God. He's responsible to care for the flock of God. He's responsible to lead the flock of God. He's responsible to be an example to the flock of God. That's all accountability, folks. And as your leadership stands before you, they are pretty open to everything that you can see and more. They are also to be faithful to the word and also, and you notice in Titus, in chapter 1, look at verse 9. It says, holding fast the faithful word. They have to hold true to the word. Doesn't matter what public opinion is. Might not be popular because of that. Even some of the things I'm teaching on right now might not be popular. Doesn't matter. Which is in accordance with the teaching. Notice that, the teaching which he's been given. So that he will be able to both watch to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict. The pastor and the elder and the elders, if you will, are to stand and refute opposition. It's to stand out and make you aware so that you as sheep will not be divulged or eaten up by the wolves that are out there. So what does it come down to? It comes down to Elders need to be, by its own definition, mature men. They are the leaders. They ought to be men. That is to be a plurality. And they have a tremendous responsibility, and I want you to see that before we get to the qualifications. And that is to care for, to feed, to lead the church of God by God's design. But I think I would be doing it injustice if I just left it here before I deal with the qualifications. Do you know that as strong as the scriptures are in those areas for the elder, the scriptures are just as strong for the flock? What do you mean? You have a tremendous responsibility to the leadership. What are you talking about, Pastor Dan? Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. This can be uncomfortable to talk about when I'm the one delivering the message as part of the leadership. It doesn't matter. I have a responsibility to do it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13. But we request you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction, verse 13, and that you esteem them very highly in love. Why? 
because of their work, not because of who they are, because of their work. The local church has a tremendous responsibility. Let me ask you this, do you know your elders? You say, well, they need to get to know me. Bad attitude. You need to get to know them. Say, my elder hasn't been over to visit me. When did you ask them over? You say, they shouldn't have to be asked. They should for you to get to know them. You as a congregation have a responsibility. They are trying to watch over your souls. They may not do it in perfection. They won't do it in perfection. They will be failures as men. But you need to appreciate those who are laboring in the word diligently and who do have charge over you in the Lord. And you are to esteem them. What do you mean esteem them, Pastor Dan? You've got to be kidding me. No, you are to honor those who are in the position of an elder. All of the elders. You are dishonoring the elders and dishonoring God when the elders are the topic of your conversation for wrong. And when you're undercutting their ministry, no matter what church it is, you say, well, I won't get involved because I really don't have confidence in the leadership. Then get out. You say, that's pretty strong, Pastor Dan. That's exactly your position. You are to submit to the leadership that God has placed over you, and you are to honor them. I am appalled as I go around, and I have visited other parts of the world, and I see, particularly in the United States of America, the way people dishonor elders. You will answer for that. That's pretty strong. That's why these qualifications are going to come. The qualifications are going to come because you don't loosely just put a man and say, well, I think that guy's got a great personality. Stick him in to, I think that guy's a, pers a people person. Stick him into the leadership position. I think that guy's a good businessman. Stick, stick him. That's not God's qualifications as we're going to look at. And they have to meet the qualifications so that they can lead God's flock. I'm appalled when I see some churches and men that have been laboring for year after year after year and they're beaten. And it's a church of 20 people and anything but honor the pastor, they're always pulling them down, or the, the elders. You have a responsibility to obey them. Look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them. You've got to be kidding, Pastor Dan. No, I'm not. Neither is God. Why? Well, I don't like them. You're not asked to like them. You're asked to honor. You're asked to obey. Why? He tells you, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. It's right back to the elders' responsibility. And there are elders sitting out right in front of me right now. We will give an account for our shepherding. It's an awesome responsibility. 
It is a heart-rending responsibility. And I can tell you this without confidence, that the elders of Fellowship Bible Church, whether you believe it or you don't, take that very seriously. And I love these men. These men are constantly praying for you. They're constantly in the word of God. They're constantly trying to see how we can shepherd this flock better. And you need to honor those men. Not only that, it says, let them do it with joy. You say, Pastor Dan, get some smiles on your face. Make it possible. You know, I don't see Al or Chris or Dan or Don or, you know, down the list. Camille, Kurt, I don't see him smiling. Well, make him smile. Notice what it says. So that let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this is unprofitable for you. Local church is a tremendous responsibility. Yes, these men have a great responsibility to shepherd, to care, and we fail at that sometimes and to labor in the word, but you have a responsibility to know them, respect them, honor them, hold them up in esteem, not because of who they are, but because of the position that God has given them to represent you. And if you don't uphold them in prayer, listen carefully, if you don't uphold us in your prayers, we will fall. And then where goes the flock? And yes, do you really have to touch this one, Pastor Dan? Yes, I do. Galatians chapter 6. And if you want, this isn't the only reference. You want some more? 1 Corinthians chapter 9, the whole chapter. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. What is it? Chapter 6, verse 6. Not all 666s are bad. This is only 66. The one who is taught in the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. And if I were to look at the other passage, you are responsible to remunerate to pay the leadership. You're responsible. Now I want to say this, and the elders are here to verify this. I don't think, to my knowledge, I've ever complained about the wages that I get. But you as a congregation have a responsibility to pay your elders. And not with the attitude, just enough to get by. There should be a generosity in the body of Christ in every area. It is a sad situation to watch pastors who have second jobs or third jobs or whatever jobs. And don't come back to me with the tenting of the Apostle Paul. There's a place for that. Many times it's because the congregation's won't support them. Do you know why we had an interesting, one of the other interesting discussions while I was out at the conference, and I know it's only 11, but I'll, I'll get you out of here in a minute. Seriously, though, uh, I think it's a problem with missionaries. And one of the problems in our missionary endeavor today, I believe this with all my heart, and I expressed it to the pastors that I was talking with. I have seen it in the missionaries that we support and that I've visited. 
Missionaries go on the field and they don't teach their people to pay the pastors, the elders, the leadership, and it's wrong. And many of the problems that go on with all of this raising support from everybody else is because congregations aren't taking care of their own. And that is not so here. I'm saying this so you know it and you can take it to other people. There's a tremendous responsibility. And you shouldn't have pastors leading churches and they are not provided for by the people because as those pastors labor in those churches and in New England, we're filled with them. We're filled with churches with, and you say they only got 30 people, they only got 40 people, they only got 25 people. They can still provide for their pastor because he's laboring for them diligently, our elders. And I, again, understand I use that interchangeably. All of this to say what? This is all basic. Before we get into the qualifications and we get ready to start pointing fingers, remember the qualifications are for all believers. But the qualifications are going to be there because you want to make sure that the person that's leading the local church meets these qualifications and is an example because others are going to be looking at the church of Jesus Christ and they don't want to be able to mock it because of the leadership. And that leadership ought not to just see it as some hierarchical position that I have. That's Roman Catholicism. That I just serve in this hierarchical position and it's nice to be Oh, pastor this, or pastor that, or father this, if I still get called father. I am a father. But uh, you know what I'm talking about in this higher, it's not that at all. The elders had better see that you have a tremendous responsibility to shepherd the flock of God, to labor diligently with the flock of God, to care for the flock of God, to be an example to the flock of God, and to realize it's God's flock, and to care for it diligently, knowing that we are going to give an account. And the congregation had better see you have a responsibility to get to know them, to respect them, to honor them, to obey them, and to provide for them because it's God's given design. I praise God for Fellowship Bible Church. I praise God for these folks right in front of us. And I wouldn't be honest if I didn't stand before you and say that at times, as I labor, it's a burden. It's discouraging. But I will tell you this. I think Pastor Chris can attest to it as I meet with him. The joys far outweigh it. And the Lord always brings us back to our responsibility and keep our eyes focused on him, and you need to too. And my God help us as a congregation to be an example to other congregations and to encourage the elders in not only our church and other churches as they labor and try to diligently do what's right before the Lord at all expense. And might we be an example of a congregation, and I believe you are for the most part, a congregation that cares and knows. Don't make the pastor or the elders the topic of your lunch discussion unless you're going to lift them up. If you've got something wrong, go and talk to them. Go and talk to them one-on-one. -on -one. And if they're not humble to listen, then pray for them.
because they need to be humbled to listen. I need to stop. Let's look to God in a word of prayer. Our Father in God, we see that Titus had a tremendous responsibility. Even the Apostle Paul, who was selected out by you, went around from church to church, preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. People got saved, and then he established elders in every church so that they could shepherd your flock. Father, I thank you that we are members of your flock. You've purchased us. We just represented that with the communion service this morning. What a privilege and honor it is to be a part of your body. What a privilege and honor it is to be a part of Fellowship Bible Church. So often we quarrel among ourselves or with one another. We lose focus of eternity and the things that are important to you. I pray that you'd start with me and our board of elders, that we might be the men that you would have us to be, that you would forgive us for areas where we have not shepherded properly, not cared properly, not prayed properly, not led properly, not been an example properly. And I pray that you'd help us to be the men that we should be to care for the flock the way we should, and that you'd help us as a whole congregation, all of us, to honor these men, to care for these men, to provide for these men, to do it in a way that it's a joy for us, and more importantly, that it be a joy to you, and that, Father, we would be a shining light that stays true to the word of God, that guards ourselves against wolves, that honors you in all that we do. We thank you for this time together today and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.